On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we catch up with the Hall of Famer, the one and only Lou DiBella, who won a big purse bid, Joshua Boazzi versus Jean Pascal. He also promotes a big a lightweight fight between Devin Haney and George Cambosos that's coming up in October. And some general boxing talk uh, with Lou DiBella, who always brings the heat. And we're also going to talk a little bit about this upcoming weekend of fights. Uh, obviously, Ruiz and Ortiz are getting in the ring in the heavyweight division. And let's just have some fun. Let's talk some boxing. Let's go. everybody welcome in to another edition of inside boxing live presented by john boy media i am your host dan canobio lou DeBella is on the show today fun interview uh with the one and only lou i love that this weekend we got some fun fights in the heavyweight division it's probably the biggest fight of the weekend uh it's it's andy ruiz stepping back in there for the first time in a very long time i think he has one fight like in the last 30 months. It's incredible. And that one fight was against Chris Ariola when he hit the deck in the second round, was buzzed uh, in the third round. He's going up against Luis Ortiz, who uh, on paper is 43 years old, could be in his 50s. No one knows what Luis Ortiz. One thing we know is he hits hard, and his punch resistance has completely gone away. The over-under, I think, is like eight and a half. Uh, I don't think it's going to go the distance. Uh, I think Ruiz will win because I think he got a little bit more left in the tank, uh, but that should be a fun one. Sunday night pay-per-view over on Fox, uh, not a Saturday night because of Labor Day weekend. That's the biggest fight uh, of the weekend. You got Isa Cruz is also on the undercard, too, uh, from the Fox uh, side of things. I was, this past week, I was over at this uh, Deontay Wilder press conference in Barclays Center uh, that I found out once I got there that Deontay Wilder was not going to be there. Uh, Robert Hillinus, his opponent, also not there as he lives over in Norway. So it was very strange because you had two guys on Zoom with two TVs. You couldn't really hear them. Uh, didn't have the same energy as Deontay Wilder being there at Barclays Center. I was a little bummed out for that, but I did learn. It wasn't a total loss. It wasn't a total wash uh, of me being there because I did hear from a, a source there uh, at this uh, presser that this Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford fight, no need to panic. If you've been following me on Twitter, I've been putting out, you know, like Labor Day after Labor Day. If this fight's not made, you might as well start panicking because then we're getting close and closer uh, to this fight not happening this year because of the promotional stuff and, and all that. But I told, rest assured, don't panic. There's no need to panic because Spence and Crawford will be happening and the date that they're targeting is November 19th. I think a lot of fans uh, want to see this fight. There are some fans that are just like, you know what? Like, whatever. It got to the point where they've been dragging this out for five years and now they're really dragging it towards the finish line. But from what I've heard, from what I've heard uh, Spence and Crawford will be fighting uh in in, in uh, late November, probably November 19th. Uh, we're getting into September. Uh, this is a big month. There's a lot of really good fights on the schedule this September. Obviously, this weekend, Andrew Ruiz, Luis Ortiz. Uh, next weekend, uh, Mayor Bumgarner, Kalisha Shields, Savannah Marshall, doubleheader. I cannot wait uh, for this fight, these two fights. I love these fights. We're going to have an extensive preview next week. Uh, doubleheader in the afternoon here in the States. High stakes women's boxing. Two really good fights on September 10th. Canelo Triple G, September 17th. We will be there. John Boy Boxing will be in attendance. Cameraman Ronnie is coming to Vegas for his first ever trip uh, to Sin City. Huge fight. Canelo. Golovkin 3, I'm excited for it. You don't have to be excited for it if you're not. I, I, at this point, 
whatever. It's a big fight on the schedule. It's not the only fight on the schedule. That's the, the main thing. If Golovkin-Canelo was the crowning jewel of the fall schedule, then you could be like, oh, man, that, that's kind of that's whack because we've seen this fight twice already. But when it's added to a loaded schedule, then it's fun. So that's September 17th. September 23rd, Stevenson versus Kinsey-Sal. Friday night fight uh, over at Prudential Center, homecoming. For Shakur Stevenson on a rocket ship to the tops. Shakur will be number one pound for pound in, in a few years, uh, maybe by the end of next year. Uh, but he's going off of uh, big names. Can say Sal arguably beat Valdez. Love this uh, main event uh, over on regular ESPN September 23rd. 24th is a fun day, too. You got Joseph, uh, Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker, two top 10 heavyweights battling it out. A big discussion point with Lou on this uh, podcast. It was about the heavyweight division and how come a lot of these guys below uh, the Joshua's, Usyk's, and the Furies and the Wilds aren't fighting each other? Well, they are. You know, Andy Ruiz, Luis Ortiz this weekend, Joe Joyce, Joseph Parker, September 24th. Love that. And then uh, Mauricio Lara versus Lee Wood, featherweight division. Love this. That's September 24th. Uh, Lee Wood coming off of that heroic win over Mick Conlon, knocking him flush out of the ring in the last minute of the 12th round. One of the hardest-hitting guys at featherweight. I don't know if you guys caught this. Uh, Nioa Inoue uh, did an interview for Ring Magazine where he sparred with Lee Wood and was praising his power. I mean, that's the thing with Lee Wood. He's got... Just KO power, one-punch type of power. Obviously has some defensive liabilities because he could not get out of the way of Mick uh, Conlin's left hooks. Uh, but he's got one punch, and it's a really good one, uh, Lee Wood. And Mauricio Lara is, is, is just electric. He's just a, fu- a fan-friendly fighter. Love this fight. Really, really like this fight. September's sneaky good month. Then we get into October. Huge fights in October. And then all things culminating, hopefully, from what I've heard, is Spence and Crawford. Uh, will be happening in, in November. But that is September out of preview. Uh, Ruiz and Ortiz this weekend. I'm going with Andy Ruiz by a late stoppage. He's got a little bit more left in the tank. Um, you know, the thing with Ortiz is a lot of, uh, uh, excuse me, thing with, with Ruiz is a lot of people say, you know, he's like, he throws so many punches that he overwhelms his opponents. That's not the case. Andy Ruiz throws the least amount of punches in the heavyweight division. He just happens to put those punches together in like three, four punch spurts. You know, he fights in spurts, gets in and out. But the thing I'm worried about is his punch resistance. He lost all this weight, which is great for him and, you know, his longevity of his life. But the punch resistance has gone out the window. You know, when Chris Ariola is knocking you down, that's, that's not good. And you look at Luis Ortiz, obviously 43 years old. When Charles Martin is knocking you down, that's not good. Uh, should make for a fun fight. That's this weekend uh, over on uh, Fox pay-per-view. Next week, I do want to uh, we're gonna tease something here. Next week. Show's going to look a lot different. Have a very big announcement uh, for Inside Boxing Live. So when we get on with you next week, it's going to look a lot different. It's going to be fun. Uh, enjoy your, your Labor Day weekend. and Enjoy this interview with Lou DiBella. Here it is. All right, let's bring in our guest this week. You know him as the one of the best boxing promoters of all time, a 2020 Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah, not one, but owns two minor league teams. The man created HBO Boxing After Dark. He he made Gotti versus Ward. I've known him since I was a toddler. What a great honor it has been to know Lou DeBella my whole life. He is our guest this week here on Inside Boxing Live. Lou, how are you, my friend? Good, man. Good to see you employed. And uh, I'm a John Boy fan. I, 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 I like what you guys do there. Actually, I, I like. I actually knew who John Boy was before you got the gig because of baseball. And uh, and I respect how this man has 
I'm staring at his shirt, T-shirts and, and, and desk in some dank room. And he's turned this into a, a, a major business. Uh, much respect, John Boy. Yes. And I'm teaching him boxing slowly, but surely teaching everyone here boxing. A lot of the kids here, they're, they're kids because they're like under 25 and they know Ryan Garcia. They know Tank Davis. They know uh, Jake Paul, obviously. So I'm trying to get them out of that realm and trying to get them into some of these like real, really good fights, even though Jake Paul and Tank are, are real fighters or excuse me, Ryan Garcia and Tank are real fighters. But it, it's tough, but it, 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 we're getting them. We're, we're trying to well, turn I mean, them one by one. You know, Part of the problem is, to be honest with you, is no one knows who our good fighters are. Exactly. And, and and like I I don't want I don't I don't I'm not about downing boxing I love boxing I give my whole life to it but I mean most of the people don't know who a lot of our fighters are and and you know it's hard to say oh you're not bringing the fans to good fights when other than the hardest core fans most people who would just identify themselves as quote boxing fans the mm -hmm. kind of people that boxing disease boxing fans would call casuals they don't know what is a good fight like they really don't so. Right. You know, it's, it's more up to us as people and professionals in the industry of boxing to make we, we should know that people are going to respond to our best product and we should be making it. The idea of the people requiring it or requesting it or making it happen. If boxing fans can't make Crawford and Spence happen, they can, you know, they don't even know what the levels below the best of fights course, are I know. unless you're talking about our core group. Yeah, and I heard on Good Knowledge yesterday at this Wilder press conference was one of the strangest press conferences I've ever been to, Lou. Wilder wasn't there from a travel snafu. Uh, Hellenius obviously wasn't there because he lives in Norway or wherever. So they had just had two TVs kind of just like going back and forth. I think we're about to have the first ever virtual stare down where they're just going like to roll the TVs towards each other. But anyway, I heard on a very good knowledge. By the way, that's not a, that's not a bad fight, and it's not a walkover for Deontay. No, it's like it's it's, it's funny. It's funny to say this, but I don't really think Hellenius will be will be that much easier for Deontay than Joshua would. Now that being said, I believe Deontay would beat Joshua, but I really think Hellenius brings you know big guy um, and can punch like a mule and and has some length. Um, it's not an easy fight. I mean, that's actually you know like I, I don't I don't work with Deontay anymore, but for you know that's a kind of heavyweight fight that even casuals should make their way to Brooklyn and check it out. No, it's a good fight. And then Darrell and Plant on the undercard. And for some reason, like, Caleb Plant resonates with, with fans, resonates with, like, casuals. He, he does big numbers. Whenever I post anything about him, uh, obviously Fox has put him in, like, primetime slots. So going up against a guy like, uh, you know, Darrell, who's a name, who's been around for, for a long time, that fight should do well. So that's a pretty decent pay-per-view offering. I mean, probably shouldn't be on pay-per-view, but it's a it's a decent offering. Uh, it's, it's, past, it's better than some other ones. Past, I, will, I will not evaluate what should be pay-per-view or not. Exactly. It's pay-per-view to you if you fucking want to buy it. Okay, I, then it's pay per view. If you I want to more. buy it, pay per view. And do I think it it's a fight that in the old days would have been pay per view? Absolutely not. But I would say that about ninety percent of pay per views today. I think literally between the UK and the US right now, ninety percent of the pay per views would not have been pay per views uh, twenty five years ago, right, or twenty years ago. So. Yeah. I'm not going to evaluate pay-per-views cool if you like it and you want to buy it, right? But from the standpoint of going to a fight or seeing a fight or a fight that I think is going to be a decent fight, nothing wrong with that card. I mean, I, I, you know, Deontay's always exciting and he's always vulnerable. And Hellenius is not without risk. And, and you know, Hellenius at this stage in his career is actually a somewhat dangerous heavyweight. What do you think Wilder is in this for at this point? He's obviously made a boatload of money. He's been a world champion. Um 
he says the bonehead the beginning. What do you what does he what, is, what does he have left and, and what do you think he he's fighting for? I think he's fighting to determine what he has left. I think he's fighting because he's a fighter and he's a warrior. I don't think the three he wants to be remembered only for that those last couple of Joshua fights. And even though the last fight he could be very proud of because that, that was a tremendous fight. You know, it was a great fight and, and I thought he gave a great effort. Um I know I am knowing Deontay and 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 we're still cool. Deontay and I, I, I think he's doing it for his own edification, you know, his own mental health to, to go in there and, and see if he's still able to perform at his best. I, I think that if he struggled badly with Hellenius or, or were to lose or whatever, it's the last you probably see of Deontay as a pro. But I think Deontay is still one of the best heavyweights in the world. I hope he's looking toward a Joshua fight because oh, I still think yeah. that that's the biggest fight that, Deontay could engage in literally like I think that's the fight that that a lot of fans have always wanted to see I think that's a fight that will trickle down even if it's I don't care if it's not for a title I think that will trickle down to casual if it's for a title what what does it matter if it's for a title that fight it that's for, it's a grudge match it's a great, no it doesn't it's a terrific fight and and what I'm hoping is that he gets in there he looks good against Selenius and that's the marching orders he gives his people go get me Joshua well the, the flip side of that is is why would Joshua take that fight why would eddie make put joshua in there when he could make maybe not as much but can make uh maybe just as much to fight a zang or just as much to fight a, a dillian white i i think it, it will if, happen. If, you know it's very possible frankly that he won't that 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 joshua won't be interested in that fight i actually think i mean if they were looking for the biggest thing they could do in one night that would be the fight i mean i mean look joshua the biggest thing that joshua could do in one night would probably be tyson fury right but um I, I, I don't know that that fight's going to happen next. I would doubt it. I would think that likely Fury will fight Usyk if he, you know, when he comes back. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, uh, you know, look, there's Joshua can make a fortune staying in England and fighting Chisora, Dillian White, Joe Joyce, mm -hmm. um, go through the list, Dubois. Domestic there are a lot fight. of domestic fights. Uh, you know, even Yuri, Yui Fury, they're, they're, you know, if Yui Fury beats, uh, I don't, I'm not so sure if he does, but if he beats Mike Hunter, I mean, there are a lot of fights. Joshua could stay in the UK as you, the UK's biggest star, which he, he still is, you know, and make a lot of money. So I don't know that he's going to want to fight Deontay. All I know is I want to watch. Oh, fight. yeah. I think That's all all I, I want to see that. <laughs> exactly. I, I, uh, you and I have a pretty good pulse of the fans and, Everyone wants to see that fight still. The latest from, from Eddie, what he said, is he wants to put Joshua on a, on a world tour, he says. He wants him to fight in Africa. He wants him to fight, obviously, in the U.K. He wants him to fight here in the U.S. Okay, he'll fight in Africa. I, I really believe he's going to fight in Africa, right? Okay, okay, that's right. And, uh, it, and it's a world tour. Yeah, and it's the world tour to fight at home, right? So the U.K. is also a world tour. Right. I don't know, maybe it's – is it a tour of, like, UAE, Saudi Arabia, Qatar? Well, I was going to get to that in a second. Your thoughts on Is, on is that, that the tour? I, I, I do want to ask you about Joshua before we get to some other topics. It's like everyone for the longest time has been dissecting his mindset and dissecting him as his person. I don't give a shit about his mindset. But what did you make of the rant afterwards? I mean, look, I, he, it was inappropriate. He looked like an asshole. But people, you know, your, your, your emotions, your adrenaline is flowing. You, you fought your heart out. I mean, you can't fault the man for the effort he gave. It was tremendous. He gave a tremendous effort. He just lost. But you know what? It was, you know, Usyk's got his own battle. He's fighting, and it's a lot, and he's got a lot more fucking weight on his shoulders than fucking Fury right now than, than Anthony Joshua does. Well, that's, what, a country that's the part that I didn't like, Lou. And, and whatever. And what I didn't like was the disrespect toward yeah. Usyk. 
Yes. I mean, it was not fair to Usyk. And it wasn't fair to the fans. It wasn't, but you know what? He apologized. We move on. Mm-hmm. But was it an asshole move? Yes. Do you think Ryder should be interviewed? And what do I think? Well, let me finish my point, Danny. What do I think of all the people, though? The apologists, the people out there acting like, oh, how wonderful to see this emotion flowing out. Get the fuck out of here. Right? I mean, it was inappropriate. He apologized for it. We move on. But honestly, the loser of a fight shouldn't fucking grab the mic. The second time in a row he lost to the champion and take the mic away from a champion that actually has something to say because his fucking country's yeah. been invaded by pigs and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, complete fucking into violations of international law. His country has is, is, is been taken over by Russians. The fucking guy's in the middle of a war, and the other guy's acting like his personal state of mind takes precedent. Let me grab the mic and go on a stream of consciousness. No, it was inappropriate, but it's over. It's done. What do I think about it? I think that in in the heat of a moment, coming off an athletic endeavor, he's not the first athlete that's ever lost his shit in in that kind of a situation. And you know what? He apologized for it. We move forward. He wasn't the first, right? He wasn't the first to do that, but it was the first to do it in that manner, like you said, taking the mic, going in the ring, whatever. A small part of the fight, the biggest part of that fight. You didn't like it, right? You didn't no, like of it. course I didn't. I thought it took away this, the sizzle, took away from Usyk's moment. That was Usyk's moment, and that was not. You know what a weird way. You know what a weird way would it did also. It took away from Joshua's effort. Hundred percent. I'm talking about this right now. Why are we talking about this? Yeah, it put more of a spotlight on his reaction than than it did on the on the. 12 rounds he fought his heart out right and and in a weird way it wasn't fair to himself either and and hopefully if he had the if it happened you know i don't think the same thing would happen again i don't think so so Usyk looked so damn good in that fight the 10th through 12th round eight being able to outland joshua like 80 to 30 or something and especially coming off of that ninth round where it looked like for a moment like damn does joshua have him here like is this is this going to be it right and then and there then Usyk just finds that that second third gear and was able to stop him is there any way that Usyk can can beat uh Fury no but anyway um could Fury have a bad night or not be in shape or could Fury be troubled I mean can I, stuff like that happens to everybody and by the way it's happened to Tyson in the past so is that theoretically could Usyk uh you know could could Fury have a bad night yeah um the problem I see is that you have two guys who were both superbly talented fighters, both superbly talented boxers from a, a purist sort of perspective, a scientific kind of perspective. They're both, if, if you were looking at the two, two of the top boxing, technically sound boxers in boxing, they'd be the two heavyweights that would make the list. Mm-hmm. And so what Ustik does well Joshua does well, except jo- I'm sorry, when Usyk does well, Fury does well, but Fury's a giant. You know, Fury's way, way bigger and much more physically strong than, yeah. than Usyk. So, do I put it out of the realm of... I mean, I don't think it's a 10-to-1 fight or 7-to-1 fight, but do I think it's a 2-to-1 fight? No, I think it's wider than that. I think that size matters, and I think that Fury um, will be a favorite if and when they fight. Yeah, so Usyk and Fury, that's supposed to be the next fight. You got Wilder fighting Hellenius. Joshua's going give, on, on his world you tour. Give Usyk um, no, just because of the the size. The size. If even if Fury has a bad night, he can still use like you know physical attributes to win him an ugly, 
uh, fight where, you know, he doesn't look as sharp, get the knockout. Well, also, Fury knows how to do something that Joshua doesn't do very well. And what that is, is know how to use your size advantage when you're fighting a smaller man to lean on him, exactly. put weight on him, exhaust him and tire him just by virtue of your physical, like your your stat, your physical stature, your, your size difference. Mm -hmm. and, and Fury works his size difference as well or better than anyone in the business. So yeah. it's just the wrong matchup for Usyk. That being said, Usyk's so brilliant. Will he make it a fight? He's not going to not win. He's not. I don't expect a shutout. Usyk's not going to get in there and lose every round to Fury. I mean, he's going to have moments. I mean, he's that good, but he's not going to win. All right. And they're saying that could potentially be February was the last from from Bob, not December. I don't think it's going to be December, but heavyweight division starting to move a little bit. Finally, Lou, uh, Usyk Fury, hopefully get in there like Joshua's going on his world tour. Wilder's back. Joyce versus Parker Ruiz versus Ortiz, which is coming up this weekend. Finally, we're seeing some movement in, in the heavyweight division. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, what I what we're not seeing enough of. um. What we're not seeing enough of is building contenders, building new blood. We're not seeing enough of that. We're not seeing enough of like the heavyweight explosion fights of of on a lower level Cedric Kushner fame from years ago or Boxing After Dark HBO. We, we, we spent a lot of money and time and effort at HBO developing heavyweight contenders mm -hmm. because the guys at the top of the division need people to fight. Right now, I'm t I don't need to see Jared Anderson fight. I don't want to say a bum because a bum is unfair to a, a brave guy that goes into the ring. But somebody who's pedestrian or a no-hoper, right. um, you know, the guy that I don't blame top rank for making the Richard Torres fight because I know how difficult it is to find heavyweight opponents because they don't exist right now. That was the, disgusting. The, you though. know, what? Excuse that me? was disgusting. No, that, that fight was. No, that fight was dangerous, and I don't think top rank under like I don't I mean look going in. I've made fights like that. I'm not blaming anybody. You don't you look at the record, your guys, you know, but but that other guy didn't belong there. I like, like that was scary. Me like queasy. Like I've watched a lot of fights. You've watched a lot of fights too. Like I felt like oh, like I didn't feel like that wasn't even a sport. That was not sport to me. Yeah, but we need to be making fights with the Mike Balligans, George Arias's, Cassius mm -hmm. Cheney's, uh, Jermaine Franklin's, Otto Whalen's. Uh, what? Stephen Shaw. Sorry. Stephon Shaw has been with you know Top Rank and I. I I promoted him. I made a deal with Top Rank. Stephon Shaw is really the guy over there. I mean, it's not anyone's fault. Um, Guido Vianelli got hurt, pulled out of the fight when we expected to make it. We're talking about that fight occurring in January, possibly with Guido Vianelli. Um, probably Shaw will fight uh, just to keep busy. Um, November, early November, probably. Um. But like, like Shaw belongs in that mix. But there could be great heavyweight fights made by matching these contenders. And in the old days, that's how we built guys that became TV opponents and and pay per view opponents by by fight. You know, a, a suspect in the division who a uh, good credential, well credentialed suspect fights a well credentialed suspect, and the winner becomes a contender. What's the matter with that? See, Hergovich who I think was vastly overrated. Mm -hmm. That that's that Zhang fight though was well matched. Yep. It was a good fight. It made sense that that fight was ordered. And what did you see? You saw a highly competitive, fun heavyweight fight. And unfortunately it was unclear to me who won the fight, but you know, it went to Hergovich. But both those guys will probably come out that out of that fight 
and fight again. Yeah, like Zang's stock rose. Like Zang's well, stock nobody, lost. No, no fan or nobody that watched that show is going to say, I don't want to see those guys again. Exactly. Right? We need to do the same thing on another level. I mean, no, on Triller, George Arias fought Cassius Cheney and beat him. Unfortunately, very few people saw the fight. That being said, why George Arias should be in the mix. He's a small heavyweight, but he's a very skilled one. I happen to have him, but there are other people I'll say I could talk about fighters that other promoters have to that belong in the mix. We need to like there needs to be more action below more action. the top. The more action. Top because, the like Jared Anderson is here's the other thing too. We also need to stop recycling guys. I mean, honestly, I love Adam Kanoski, but he should retire. Like Derek Chisora should retire. I mean, Derek Chisora should have retired a couple of fights ago. Now, does that mean Derek Chisora is incapable of giving a good performance now or having a good fight? No, he's very capable because he's a warrior and he'll fight his balls off until he's brain dead. However, we're not supposed to get him to that point of being brain dead. And and how many times, like, I mean, I want to see us like, Bring up the new the, the new generation. You know, Jalalim's there. Nobody wants to fight him. I don't want to make Jalalim against Stooges. But, you know, when you have to pay almost $100,000 to get a Jack Malawi to fight a Jalalim because guys don't want to be, you know, dis- destroyed, it's very hard to match a guy like Jalalim. It's yeah, very hard Jalalov, to match any heavyweight. Jalalim and Jared Anderson, I would say, are the two most promising fighters under 25 in the heavyweight division, but there should be a long, longer list. Lou, I want to ask you about this purse bid. Uh, very pleasant surprise. I saw it come across. Uh, Joshua Buwazi, Gene Pascal, title eliminator. You won the purse bid. Uh, it's looking like BT Sport, ESPN Plus, the front runner. And also, what was the, the thought process in bidding on this and your plans uh, with these two fighters? Good questions. Um it had nothing to do with trying to just like to, to play games with somebody else or beat somebody else. It had to do with making money. It's a business. And it had, I go way back with Pascal and, um, and way back with Greg Leone. Um, when the, after the purse bid was announced, they contacted me, they said, can you help us? I said, yeah, but I said, I mean, you know, and, and part of, you can only really help somebody when a bid is imminent, if you're willing to bid. Now, what I made clear is I'd be willing to bid, but only an amount that I thought was fair and only amount that I thought I could make money on. I wasn't going to bid to lose money. I mean, I'm not interested in, in just beating somebody for the sake of, of hurting myself. Not, not, that doesn't make sense. So I bid, I thought that fight was, Boatzi's a big star in the UK. Right. Pascal uh, has drawn cl- crowds and, and been a Topolina. Yep. Um, hey, what's up? Uh, Pascal is a draw in mm-hmm. Canada. He's a Canadian pay-per-view fighter in a, in a significant fight, you know, even if the fight takes place elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew there was revenue there. And I, I thought all day long, this is a million-dollar fight. So I wasn't going to bid it to its full value, but I bid it to a number I felt was fair. I also contacted the marketplace. Primarily, the, my, my, the, the guys I'm friendliest with right now in the UK and boxing are the Warrens. And I reached out to them and discussed it with them. I also uh, reached out to Sky before the fight. I reached out to others. Um, I do believe, by the way, that I am going to work with the Warrens and and Matt, and uh, Queensberry on this fight. That is that at this point is done. I've worked out an, uh, an agreement where 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 now we haven't locked everything else in yet in terms of who's telecasting at the date. We have two weeks to do fighter contracts and all that stuff, and we're working on everything. But I will be working with the Warrens and, and Queensberry on the fight. 
Um, look, it's a very attractive fight. I mean, uh, well, uh, Watsi today told the IBF he will fight. He had a stipulation. He wanted Pascal's camp to agree to Vada testing and, uh, and uh, uh, w- with a significant enough window for the testing. Right. Um, that's a fair requirement. You know, that's a fair request. Pascal blew a drug test. You know, that, that you know, I, I, I Pascal's my friend and, and, and his Leon is too, but he blew a drug test. So therefore the other side saying we want bad testing is appropriate. I'm very happy to say that, that immediately today, Pascal and Leon responded to the, the IBF that, that Pascal agrees to, to uh, Vada testing and we'll do the paperwork immediately upon execution of the contracts for the fight. So the fight will be fully body Vada tested. Nice. Um, we haven't set the site yet. We're talking about a few different possibilities. It'll happen this year, though, right? It'll happen. This has to happen this year. It has to happen by around the end of November. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, 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 look, it's a good fight. It, it, it figures, it's it's a, a that real... division is fun now. That division is fun. I mean, the B-ball uh, fighting uh, Zerto Ramirez. You got Calum Smith, who's knocking guys out left and right. You Maybe De- David Benavidez moves up to 175. Uh, Better BF, obviously, is probably the best in the division. A division that really wasn't much, uh, I would say, like 18 months ago, because no one knew who B-ball was until he beat Canelo. And now Better BF, obviously 36 years old, but, but that, gaining steam. The, the fun division. Not only is it a great division, matchups are starting to happen that are <laughs> that you want to see. Like the Bivol fight, you want to see the one that's coming up. Yeah, uh, right. The the the, the Berterbiev is 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 fun to watch. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are other matchups. Even if you go below that, Bawatsi and Pascal. Man, that that's a classic crossroads fight. I mean, Pascal is old, but what a dog! He's been an underdog. Yep. At the last six fights and won five of them. I mean, you know, he, he he poses a real danger to a to a young guy like Boatsy, mm-hmm. and but but for Boatsy, it's an opportunity to make himself a mandatory by beating a forty year old man. I mean, it's a it's a a terrific matchup and 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 a, and a fight that figures to be a bit of a firestorm. So, like, I love the fight. That's another reason I've been on it. I like it as a fight. You know, I'd like to see some other fights take place below the top of the division. I'd like to see a rematch between Marcus Brown. And 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 Hot Rod, I'd like to see a Joe Smith fight with Hot Rod. Kalajic uh, right yeah. right now would be bombs away. Richards, Joe Smith, Richards always puts up good fights too. Is it Craig Richards? Yeah, there are a lot of fun fights you can make in the division, and the he- and the top of the division, the light heavyweight division, is strong right now. And this is a very significant fight in the division. I'll be honest, Danny, I didn't think I was going to win it. You said you were, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see. I was pleasantly surprised to fake. Well, I wanted to ask you about I think purse bids are so interesting and and fans don't really understand the process. Like when you put in a 975K bid, like, are you very confident you're going to get it? Like she said, you looked at the marketplace. Or is it like, well, this is what I'm comfortable with. And if I win it, I win it. If I don't, then someone else paid too much. Part of the thing here was discussions with when i talked to george warren in the uk there the, he basically said look eddie right now is a contract with boatsy boatsy has a contract with the zone because eddie has a deal with the zone so boatsy's worth more and this is the truth boatsy was worth more to eddie and the zone than boatsy is worth to sky or boatsy is worth mm-hmm. to to bt because they don't have a contract with him right so 
I knew that I knew that that there was a chance I was going to lose the bid to Eddie. I figured I probably would. I did it because at the number I bid, I'm very happy to win. And at the number I bid, I also protected the interest of Pascal, who came to me to help promote him. Right. And Pascal, Pascal was with with the offer I made protected. He he's now getting. 40% of a 970, you know, he's getting a, a chunk, a big chunk of a $975,000 bid. And his promotional crew is controlling the event. So in effect, he's sort of on the A side, mm. right? So it worked out well for Pascal. It worked out well for me and for, and as it turns out for, for George Warren and Frank and BT, probably, probably BT. I mean, but, but we're, um, you know, I, I, I have agreed to work with, Matt, uh, with Queensberry on the fight, right. and I'll be working with, with Frank and George on the fight. And you take a little bit of, uh, like, you know, beating Eddie a little bit. It's, it's, you know, but it's not so much about beating Eddie. It's about, but it's also about smart business. Good business. I don't understand also why. Beating Eddie. Why, yeah, a little bit, but I don't <laughs> understand how they, gotta be honest with you. I don't understand how you, like, it's one of their star fighters. How do you lose the bid? I didn't outbid him by bidding a crane. This wasn't the the pro gray bid. I didn't bid two point four million That's against enough. three against three other people that that maxed out at one point two million. Or I, I I outbid I outbid the fighters promoter, the A sides promoter, by one hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Like I, I am surprised I won the bid. Yeah, it was I nice. expected. Frankly, I I'm very happy I won the bid, but I expected probably Matchroom would win the bid. Interesting stuff. Let's move over. Finally, Haney Cambosos, October 15th, ESPN, regular ESPN. George, uh, talking do or die, you know, saying, you know, if I don't beat Haney, I, I might have to hang him up. I hope he doesn't because I think there's a lot of good fights. Uh, I hope he doesn't. He's young and he's a, he's, he's a good fighter. I, I got to be honest with you, for a 20, 20-something-year-old 20 guy who's only lost once, I don't love hearing retirement talk, but they look, if he – if he were to lose and he wanted to walk away, he's made a lot of money in two fights yeah. at that point. Um, I, I tend to think it's a bad vibe to put out there to talk about retirement before the biggest fight of your life. But you know what? What fuels George is what fuels George. He knows himself better than other people. Maybe maybe this mindset is what he thinks he needs. Um, what I think is he didn't fight his fight at all in the first fight. Right. He didn't take any chances whatsoever. He didn't try to walk through the jab and assert himself inside. He he fought sort of passively, but I, I I was around for the 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 lead up to that fight, and I know what went down in in the business discussions before that fight, and I think there was a lot of distractions with being undisputed, a lot of distractions with being at home. It's the first undisputed champion Australia seen ever. Um, it, it it was I I think he was less than totally focused. I expect I no I know. That the next fight will be a much much better fight, and said, I think that he even said something like, "I don't know if he said this or or it was like kind of like you know maybe thought about was like you know like having knowing that there was going to be a second fight, like knowing there was going to be a rematch, maybe that's why he fought passively, which yeah, is crazy to think about, but that's how boxing works now. Like you don't get Haney Cambosos one without ha a second one. Like that's just. No, that's no, you, you could get it without a second one if the other guys, if, if the champion's promoter is a fucking moron, or he's, or, <laughs> yeah, or we're not or, that, or, Joshua. Or the well, well, look, I'm not going to apologize for getting him a rematch clause. And do I think I cost him? 
do I think that Peter Kahn or I cost them the fight by getting in a rematch clause? No. In fact, Peter Kahn and his then attorney, Greg Smith, were insistent that I work out a rematch clause. And not only did I get him a rematch clause, I got him a really good one. Now, if that too good rematch clause, believe me, Devin Haney would, would, would wish there wasn't a rematch clause, you know, but, and, and probably, you know, others involved because George's purse for this rematch is extremely strong. And, and, and uh, I'm not going to, I mean, I did the right thing for the fighter. I did what the management of the fighter and the fighter's attorney wanted me to do, mm. uh, expected me to do it. I did what any quality promoter would do in the same circumstance. So made a lot of money. I, know, I don't think, look, I'm guessing Danny, that George doesn't want to give back any of that great deal I negotiated. I'm sure he wants all the dollars I negotiated for him. Um, if he wants to fuel himself by thinking the rematch clause hurt him and cost him maybe the fight, then whatever he needs to do in his own head to try to win and make a better fight, yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah, I don't I'm see okay how it, it, it can go any any worse for him. Like you said, didn't take any chances. I think the second fight will be interesting. I think he's going to go for broke. Uh, Haney, we'll see if he can pull out the same type of performance. I think he's damn good. I think you would agree with that. Great jab, great defense. Maybe Haney takes a little more risk because maybe he's starting to hear some chirping that uh, he doesn't have any power, you know, doesn't, you know, will, look, punches. Look, the interesting thing is he jabbed, Haney jabbed George's head off. Yep. Okay. And George never tried to walk through that jab. He never tried to assert himself, really. I expect he will do that in a, in a rematch. I expect he is, he is a warrior. I think that the mentality, his mentality was not reflected by the performance of the first fight. I think he's going to open up more, and I think he's going to go after Haney, and I think he's going to try to get through that jab. Now, as you know, when you open up, you open yourself up also to take punches. Yep. George's style of fighting in the first fight was pretty conservative. It made it difficult for Haney to do anything else but box perfectly and box his head off. Mm -hmm. If George comes at Haney and attempts to walk through the fire, it's going to help Haney maybe assert himself and be able to bigger stuff on George. This is why I fully anticipate a better fight. I agree. And if, if for people that are home and you're not going to have it's not pay per view, and and it's going to be a sold out smaller arena in Australia, it's not going to be in a stadium. But I expect that people watching that night are going to see a terrific fight. I'm looking forward to it. And and if, if Haney does come through, there's talks of, of this Lomachenko fight. Uh, what do you do? You think Lomachenko belongs on the pound for pound list? It's like a big topic of discussion uh, this week in the boxing world. Is like I I don't really care for oh, the list. Pound list, but do you oh, think he's on it? Yeah, he's on the ring. He's on the rings. Pound for pound. I don't, list. I don't talk to me about the rings list anymore, though. I don't, <laughs> I don't really. I don't do pound for pound lists. But if I did, okay. But I just want to talk about wouldn't be on it. I want to talk about a mythical pound for pound list. I don't really care. I, I don't like the guys. You know, no offense to the guys that are on the ring board or whatever. I don't think they know more than me and you. So we can have our opinion of pound for pound, yeah. and I don't give any. I nothing to that. Like no, no offense to them. I mean, I think the rings. I read the ring, and I think it's a resource. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I you know. Rings list doesn't mean much more to me than Dan Rayfield's list or your list or my list or, right. you know, uh, whoever, you know, or guys I respect their knowledge. I Do I think Lomachenko belongs top 10 pound for pound in the world? Without a question. Not yeah. even an issue, not even a discussion. Do I think he's top three or four? No. 
Oh, so you have him in the back. If you if you're in your mythical non list, you would have Lomachenko in there. That's interesting. Uh, I have him in the top ten. I don't know where. I'm not yeah. sitting there doing the numbers. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and also when you get to like, is it a top ten? I don't know because like, does be Davis like belong? 15. Yeah, I mean, does Davis belong in the top ten? Yeah, where in my my list probably not particularly high, but somewhere in the bottom of it. But I put Haney in the in in it belongs in a in the discussion. Even though I, I, you know, right now to me, number one is Usyk. Mm -hmm. Probably not in my mind. Number two is, I don't know. I know the top five for me. My top five, yeah. probably. I'm not giving an order. Usyk, uh, Enoye, Spencer Crawford, Canelo, Canelo. And that's what I say. When someone that's asks me for my list, I say, listen, I don't have, really have a list, but you can't go wrong with those five. Like those five. Those five, those five I, I have no issue with. Do I think Devin Haney has the right to say, I think I'm a top 10 pound for pound fighter? Absolutely. He he wants to give the ring. He said, I don't want your, your belt. <laughs> that's what he said to Dougie Fisher. Look, I, I respect Dougie Fisher. He's a real knowledgeable boxer guy, and he cares about the, about the industry. I respect a lot of the guys that work for the rank. But never forget that the ring is owned by Oscar De La Hoya. I know. And Oscar De La Hoya is an exclusive deal with the zone. Yep. And whenever you, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that anybody is, is I don't think, I'm, I'm not saying Oscar or the zone are dictating to people at the ring what to do. But it's no longer a standalone ring magazine that's its own entity. So, and, 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 and whenever you have a master, it affects things, right? So mm -hmm. I'm not downing anyone at the ring. And I'm not telling you I don't consider the ring a resource. I do. But you can't forget that the ring has a complicated structure of ownership and that that structure of ownership has a complicated structure of who they're beholden to, yeah. right? So, you know. Last thing, Lou. A lot of fights moving overseas. Uh, just this past, last week, I mean, saw one of the biggest fights in the in the world in Saudi Arabia. A lot of things wrong with, with that politically and and. You know, just from a spectator, you know, wasn't loud, wasn't as loud as it could have been. Now, Eddie has now, Eddie Hearn has now announced the deal with Abu Dhabi as a championship series. So it's not just going to be like small fights. There's going to be some big fights over in Abu Dhabi. Like Gilberto hey, dude, here has just belong over let's, there. Let's cut to the chase. Let's cut, cut to, to the, the chase. chase. Here's the chase. Let, let's cut to the chase. Fights be over there. And there's going to be a, a lot of fights moving over there. Do you have a problem with it or do you just want to see the fights be made, whatever? No, I, I, it's not good for the industry. That being said, I got a lot of problems with Saudi Arabia, but I put gas in my car, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you uh, I, I drive. I don't drive an electric car. I drive a gas car. Would I promote? Would I have I ever made a phone call to reach out to anyone in Saudi Arabia, um, Dubai, or any place else to try to do a deal with one of them? I have never done that. Do I? Am I planning on doing that? I'm not planning on doing that. Here's where it gets complicated. I would, if an offer came in or an opportunity came in for one of my fighters to make an, an incredible amount of money because Shake Your Booty some, somewhere is, is willing to put up crazy money to do an event, am I, am I going to stop uh, my fighter from, if my fighter says, Lou, I want to, to, you know, I want you to pursue that opportunity, will I pursue it for them? Yes. Right? Because... And by the way, I mean, you know, one thing that people say correctly is there's a lot of countries on this earth, including our own, that's the, that have done some fucked up things. And the politics of the world are the, what the politics of the world are. Right. That being said, my issue, like when, when I had an issue with that Saudi fight, one of the things I had an issue was was the aggrandizement of Ram. And I love Ram Lali. I think she's a great woman, a nice woman. Mm -hmm. And I like her and her husband. And I think she's good, you know, 
as a right intent as a fighter. But do I think that while in the same week where they sentenced a, a woman for a tweet she made yeah. while in school in the UK yeah. about about human rights in Saudi Arabia, sentenced her to 35 years in jail mm-hmm. um, and a lifetime with an inability to travel, do I, do I think that that title fight was anything other than a PR stunt? Sport washing. To, it was. That, see... That was the whole event sport washing. You can make that argument, but but it's hard for me. You know, I, I'm not seeking to do events in 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 uh, places that I think are have a, abhorrent records of, of of human rights. I'm not seeking to do that. But you know, I, I've been asked in DMs and and by writers and stuff, what would you do? Would you not negotiate? Oh, you if Eddie was doing, and and of course I'm going to negotiate. And uh, you know, and 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 uh. But but look here here's here's the downsides here are the downsides no matter how much money's coming out of there here's the downsides fans aren't traveling there people aren't talking as much about events that are taking place in the Middle East mm-hmm. press aren't traveling there except in very few numbers right and how those press okay. getting there they, they might it's be usually there. discomforting for for women it's usually discomforting for gay people or LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to travel to a prize fight and not be able to party with my friends and drink and, and do whatever. Um, there's a lot of downsides to trying to build the Middle East into the new capital of boxing. But on the flip side, the fights are happening. I mean, that's this is what it is. Like, it, at least they're getting in the ring and, and they're All right. And, from a and, and are you getting to go? No, but you sometimes you have to. to are, now, I mean, are most of the people in the UK that love Joshua? No, it's, how many of Joshua's fans got to go? I know, I'm not a fan. I mean, of it's it. wonderful. We're, really, the, no. The upside's not the fights are happening. The upside is in, to the benefit of the promoter and the fighter, the A side fighter who's able to make those deals. Yeah. Because you're getting a windfall by virtue of whatever you want to call it, sports washing, if you want to call it that, or just uh, the Middle East looking to become a sports capital. It's, you know, I mean, look at all the kind of diversity that's surrounding Yeah. It's crazy. All right, Lou. Appreciate the time. Always a pleasure. What you, what, what's your opinion about it? I'm going to put you on. I'm t- you know what? To some extent, <laughs> if you're going to put me on these situations, you want my opinion on issues that are, I want to put you on the spot. I, no comment. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, my my thing is, is like we're not going to stop these things from happening, especially like boxing is, is a, such a small place, such a small role in the grand scheme of things. If it helps get a fight over the finish line, uh, then so be it. If it's going to happen in a sterile environment, then so be it. As long as we're getting Joshua in the ring, as long as we're getting Fury and Usyk in the ring, has to happen somewhere. If they're going to put up the amount of money for it to expedite the process, and I'm going to see finally an undisputed fight in the four belt era, and it has to take place, like I said, in a sterile environment where it's not as loud as a Wembley. Well, I'll be. I still want to see the fight. Like I still want to see it. I'm like, okay. I'm not I, I, watching I, it. That's a very. That's a. That's a legit point. It's completely legit point. Okay, I'm going to counter it with this. The spectacle is what makes the big fight. Yeah, the spectacle is what excites the fans. Mm-hmm. That that's point one. Point two, if a tree falls in a forest, does it make any noise if no one's there to hear it? And and I and, and while the hard hardcore fans will see the, the the great fights that Middle Eastern money allows to take place, far fewer of the general sports fan base, the general boxing fan base will watch 
the fight or be excited about it because it's there. And as a result of that, you're not going to get the, the benefit of growing fans, of making not. your sport bigger. So you, you're, you're seeing some of these big fights without some of the benefits you would normally get from these big fights taking place. Right. So I'm not going to hate on everything. And by the way, I get what I, you know, you don't see me curse. I, I, in the, in the, in leading up to that last Joshua fight, you didn't hear me say a fucking word about sports washing with respect to anything other than me not liking the way that the Ali, the Ramla Ali fight was being promoted mm -hmm. because it was not a watershed moment for women in the Middle East. It was not a watershed moment for women in Saudi Arabia. It was the cleansing image moment. That's what yeah, that's it was. The definition of sport washing, but fans should get used to it because, you know, Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia, they're not going away and they're going to keep putting up big money for these fights. And, you know, we're going to see the fights, but we're not going to be 100% happy with it. And I don't think majority of boxing fans even really care about these social issues. They just want to see the fights. Uh, that's a story for another day. Lou, I appreciate the time. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? Work. What I usually do. I have, a, I have a baseball call in about an hour. That's going to be significant. I'm, I'm, I'm working on, uh, you know, we're close. We've been we've been in a process for a long time of getting a new stadium in Richmond, Virginia, which the people of Richmond deserve because our stadium's like 40 years old and antiquated. So I've been working very, very heavily in baseball stuff. Um, so I got a big day. I mean, I got a busy day ahead of me on, on, on largely baseball stuff. Well, I appreciate you taking some time out to question me. I, I appreciate that. I like that. All right, Lou. I've been questioning you since you're about four years old. Bro. <laughs> Love it. Talk to you soon, Lou. Take care.